0: Hello, hello, hello. That is my best impression of the comeback. (laughs) And welcome to the Bless You Podcast, where you tell us your juiciest stories and we get to dish on them. My name is Callie and I'm here with Elise. Hello, everybody. How are we today? We're great. We're good. We're good. We're finally good. That's probably (laughs) a lie. That's probably a lie, Uh, but we're doing better. Okay. So, today we're going to be talking about divorce. And I think it's going to be a really, really interesting podcast. We do have a guest. But before we get to that, sparkle time, sparkle time, sparkle time. Mm, Who mm, wants mm. to go? You go first. Okay. My sparkle. Ooh, my sparkle is that my mommy is turning 60. Yes. Even though she looks like she's. 50. And she wanted me to tell people, we like talked about getting work done. Do you remember that forever ago? Yeah. Her mom just started getting Botox. Oh, she called me and was like, I have not, I have not started getting Botox. I have never gotten Botox. <gasps> like, oh shit. Sorry. Yeah. So <laughs> she wanted you to come on and <laughs> MK was like, please. So we call her MK, which is mama Carol. So she's like, for the record. Okay, mom. Got it. MK has not gotten Botox, but she still looks like she's 50. But she's turning 60, and me and my mommy are going to Mexico.
1: I'm you. so jealous. I might like just show up and be like,
0: hey, I gave you the on? date. I know. First day. I was like, I I literally come. My mom would be like, hell yeah. But my sparkle, okay. Obviously, you would say Sparkle is going to Mexico, but I will say, I've I've been on, you know, some vacations in the past and for some reason I have this issue with like needing to deserve it. So if I haven't like had Mm. a busy month, or if I feel like maybe I'm not doing as well financially, or if something there's a setback, I like get in my head and I'm like, you have nothing to vacation from. You need to be working or doing more. Like you need to earn this before you go. It's so I know it's so if
1: everybody could see my face right now. I literally am shook at this because it's like.
0: I have issues. You should re-listen to all of our sparkles and be like, actually, I do deserve this. Well, that's the thing. This is the first time that I'm like, yeah, no, no hangups here. Friggin deserve every minute of this Mexican vacation coming up. Yeah. COVID test me. I am vaccinated for the gods. I am ready to go. Like, let's do this. And I have, this is the first time I have no guilt. And Andrew looked at me, he was like, because he knows that I have, like, issues. And he was like, you seem so excited, and honestly, you deserve this. And I was like, "You, I know, and I know I need to not be validated that I deserve this. This needs to come from an internal place. But it Mm -hmm. is nice for the first time to be like, yeah, like, it's been hard. And I need to... I need to carry this with me because like, no one needs to like deserve a vacation. Like we should be able to rest and play and do whatever we want, whenever we want. And I get, we have obligations, but like, it's good to also take rest and vacations to avoid burnout. Mm
1: -hmm. So even if you're
0: not there yet, it's good for preventative purposes, but your girl is burned out a fish. (laughs) So (laughs) so she going to Mexico. So so I'm out of here. So I'm really, really can you tell? I'm excited. I got my nails done for this vacation. I'm not even there yet. I haven't even left. It's not even close. It's next week. And I'm like, my nails are already pink. Except for the red.
1: They're cute. They're cute. They're cute. Um, You triggered a thought in my mind that, um, so the book that we're doing for book club, You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay. She also has a, um. Callie just whispered under her breath that she hasn't started. So I'm just hey, calling her out. I,
0: was, I did that. I was mouthing that. That was a whisper so that no one heard it.
1: (laughs) So it's next month, the end of next month. If anyone wants to join, we would love it. But anyways, she has a workbook that goes along with the book. And I love like workbooks. I love putting like things to action and being able to like process in your own time. And the first chapter is literally on deservability. And it's like all these prompted questions about deservability. So I'm going to send you... I'm giving yeah. you homework, and I'm going to send you pictures of it, and then you can do it on your trip. Oh,
0: that's my biggest issue, no doubt. I mean, and I know that. My issue has always been deserving it. I don't even know where that came from. I kind of need to do some digging on that, where that came well, from. Well, that's
1: where the questions are for.
0: Oh, yeah. So I'm going to drag MK through the mud and be like, yeah, it was mommy and daddy's fault. man. <laughs> I'm just kidding, it was probably- so Buy me a taco and a margarita. Yeah, exactly. So give me some tequila. Um, okay, what's your sparkle?
1: Okay, so I had kind of an epiphany this week talking to Carl. I thought about like, okay, I kind of like, I definitely want to write a book, okay? And everybody's like, now is the time to write a book because you're literally like, your life is- in shambles. And I'm like, Oh, okay. great. (laughs) So like we're there. Um, but I had like, I kind of wanted to like, my idea was to come up with a book and each chapter is like a, like a tip to like live your best life. So like with, if you can master all of these chapters, then you're going to live like a very fulfilled, good life. And so I was, I wrote down what my chapters would be and I was explaining them to Carl and he was like, so into it. So interested. He's always pushed me to like, he's like, you write great. Like you got to write a book you have to, you have to, he's like, I'm going to be disappointed if we're like going to die and you haven't written a book yet. And I'm like, okay, so like, I gotta, I gotta get on it. So I was explaining it to him. And I think the first point was like awareness, right? Because you have to have awareness to change anything. And I spent probably 10 minutes explaining awareness and the chapter to Carl. And Carl was like, I love you so much. (laughs) And you have great ideas. But it is painful to listen to you explain things because, like, I got it seven minutes ago. Like, I understand your idea. Like, you over explain everything all the time. And then when he said that, I was like, shit, I really do. And he was saying it from the sense of, like, you lose people like Carl has ADD, right? So like he's, you gotta get to the point quick or like he's gone and onto something else. And I like practice my, um, webinar presentation in front of him. And he like kept being like, I'm, I'm gone. I'm off. You got to like, you got to it back in. So now that I'm aware of that, which is funny, because the first chapter was awareness. And here I am literally seven minutes later, still talking my (laughs) sparkle. But the point is now that I'm aware of this, I catch myself over explaining so many things, whether it's a text message or to my clients or to people. And so I'm trying, I don't know if that's just like. Like, first of all, where did that come from? Like, I feel like that's maybe like a woman thing.
0: Well, it could be. I know that if we're talking about Myers-Briggs, feelers like context, mm-hmm. and we assume other people want context, but thinkers mm-hmm. don't. So mm-hmm. Andrew's like that too, even though Andrew tells really robust stories and I'm usually one that was like, get there, get there, get there. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> I Yeah. Um. I think it might also be like, proving your worth, like proving that you know what you're talking about or proving mm. that you're a reasonable person or proving like Ooh, I proving think, something.
1: I think that just hit the nail on the head. I feel like I sometimes get like, I have like a weird dynamic if I'm around someone who I feel like is more like intellectual or like more power. Like I feel like there's like a differential. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to process that. I'm going to journal about that later, but, um, Don't process. but yeah. So now that I'm aware of it, I was like sending a text message the other day and I was like thinking so much about it. And then I was like, wrote more and then I erased and then I wrote more and I was like, fuck it. Why do I care? Just send the, send the fucking text, Like, it doesn't
0: matter. Oh yeah, that's a okay. Now you're living like me, just (laughs) flying by the seat of your pants all the time. I mean, my texts are stream of consciousness. I have not thought (laughs) through what I'm sending until it's already sent. It's already I, but, it's
1: gone. But that's why like texting you is literally like Carl always is like, What are you texting Callie about? Cause I'm always like laughing or like giggling, and I'm like, This is like it's like so entertaining having a texting conversation with Callie all the time because it's just like so much fun. And he's just like, What are you guys talking about? I'm like, you can't know. It's just <laughs>
0: chipotle dressing yeah. chipotle and dressing <laughs> in rice and bean bowls yeah nine times out of ten it's gonna be about rice and bean bowls with yeah. honey vinaigrette dressing on it or, Just, sorry to burst your bubble Carl it's not that interesting or how to use this when he messed up the soda stream
1: yesterday he's like
0: you got to text Callie I'm like I already did. He's like, of course I know. And I'm like, pull the thing out of the thing and then put the thing in the thing and then put the thing back in. And I'm like, how is she understanding a word? I'm saying this, there's well, not like one specific noun in this entire paragraph, but you got it. You got, I got it.
1: it. It worked. And I have sparkly water
0: now, we have sparkly, fizzy, very happy, joyful water. You're going to be hydrated. Um, uh. okay. great great sparkles team this is the first one where our listeners haven't wanted to slit their wrists after (laughs) listening to our sparkles so no no promises for next week but yeah no promises okay this might have been a blip but hell yeah we're writing books and we're going to mexico all right so with that let's let's get into it so we've got a guest today and we're really excited about it um her name is Christina. She is a, one of the newer coaches that we have on Blush, and she's honestly fantastic. So her niche is career, but as you know on Blush, we are generalists, so she has veered out into lots of different topics, which is why I asked her to be here today to talk about marriage, divorce, relationships, and everything in between. So Christina, I'm so glad you're here.
2: Yes, thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm excited to chat with you guys. It's always fun talking to you too.
0: Yes! Okay, Elise, read us our letter.
1: Okay, let me see, let me see, let me see. Okay, I always take a deep breath before I read these because it's just a lot of wind, you know? Mm -hmm. Okay, dear Blush, I can't believe what I'm about to say is my reality. I'm a 27-year-old woman and I'm divorced. I genuinely never thought this would happen. I married my college sweetheart at 23 thinking we were set for life. We moved back to his hometown, both got jobs, and we had a great relationship with his family. We were happy, but things fell apart anyway. The details of the divorce aren't really important. It was pretty standard. We fought over this and that, and then a few years in, we realized our marriage wasn't a healthy one for children. It was at that point we had to sh- swallow the reality that we were that we married the wrong people. The divorce was quick, amicable enough, and now I'm left with the shame of it all. For instance, we had the huge wedding that was perfect from start to finish. All of our friends and family members watched us take our vows. They bought us gifts and helped us pay for our honeymoon. What am I supposed to say to them? How do I reconcile that I let not only myself down, but them down as well? And as far as dating, how on earth am I supposed to tell potential dates that my exes include an ex-husband, not just ex-boyfriends. The embarrassment I feel when I admit I'm divorced is becoming unbearable. How can anyone trust that the next time I'll get married, it will be for life when I already messed it up at such a young age? I moved away from my ex-husband's hometown, but the shame still follows me wherever I go. But I also know that I need to find someone new because I'm already behind. My friends are all now at the point in their lives where they're marrying their significant others, right. As my marriage is over. I know that 27 isn't old, but I can't wait forever since I want to have children. How do I move on from here from a shamed divorcee?
0: Oh, I want to hug her. I know. I know. I really, I really do want to hug her. Okay. So the question really is how do I move on from here? I think two things are in order. One We have to acknowledge that she's going through a quarter-life crisis, like Mm -hmm. majorly. This is it. This is as like quarter-life crisis as you get. Mm -hmm. And so I think if if you just sit here and just say it's about the divorce, I think that's going to be a mistake because I think a lot of other things are happening too. Um, The thing that jumps out at me too is like, there's a timeline, right? She's Mm -hmm. like, my friends are at the point where I'm getting married. So I have to get married. It's like, Whoa. Okay. So not only are you grieving, but then you're also putting this like arbitrary timeline on yourself to get your life moving again. It's like, Whoa, that's not going to end well. Um, And then the second thing is I think we need a major reframe here. Okay. Okay. I get that divorce is not something that any of us want to go through. Like, I understand that that's not the goal, but I have to say that I think it's pretty brave. Um, even when you have kids or you don't but the important thing here is that she didn't and so she got out before it affected really anyone else other than herself and her you know ex-husband and that's not to shame anyone who gets divorced when they have kids because a lot of times a divorce is what's best for children if they're in an unhealthy environment kids aren't going to thrive when they don't feel safe or they don't feel happy or they don't you know kids know if their parents are happy or not so just a little aside i don't want anyone to think oh i got divorced when i had kids and was that not the right answer no was, but it's still a win that this letter writer clocked that her marriage was not happy enough to move forward. Um, and she had the wherewithal to say, hmm, this isn't working for me. So first, I just want to spin this a little bit that I think if you keep going in and digging into the shame of it, you're going to miss out of the fact that what you did was fucking brave. Mm-hmm. So those are my first initial thoughts, but Christina, I want to hear from you. Like, what, what do you think about this?
2: Yeah, I mean first off I just love that you reframed it like that and that you said it was something brave to do. I mean that I, I I couldn't agree more. Um and I just I feel for this girl. I, you know, as you guys know, I went through a divorce myself under the age of 30. I got married at 27, I was divorced 2 years later. Never in my wildest dreams did I think that was going to be my reality. And My first thoughts, like reading this, is how hard I think some people don't realize it is when you're getting divorced from someone when there was no real huge problem. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes that's even harder than when you go through like this horrific divorce where, you know, there was a lot of cheating going on or someone was abusive. When there's nothing you can pin it on and it's just the fact that the two of you aren't right for each other that makes it even worse sometimes, I think, because that that was my situation. Like we just weren't right for each other. And then it becomes harder to explain that to people. It becomes harder for other people to understand, including even sometimes your closest family and friends, like might not quite get it because they think, well, you, you, you're fine. You know, it's not terrible. So work through it. So that's one of my initial thoughts is just like, damn, I I feel for this girl because I I recognize just how difficult that can be to really, and to accept yourself too. I think for a long time, like I almost wanted to find a more tangible reason. Like you feel guilty for not finding some huge tangible reason Mm -hmm. when in reality, you know, deep down you were just possibly people pleasing and sleepwalking your way through that decision and made it not consciously, which was, what happened to me. And even though it was really hard for me, it was still one of the best things I think that ever happened to me. Now I could completely reframe it because it really helped me to grow as a person. Like that was the like huge wake up call I needed to be like, Christina, tune into yourself, make decisions for you and stop making your choices based off of what everyone else wants for you. Yeah, Elise, what do you think? lots of things. I'm like, so
1: in parallel to both of you. And I appreciate you sharing that Christina, because I remember when I interviewed you to become a blush coach, you actually shared that with me. And in my mind, I was like, shit, that's relatable as fuck. Like my literally not (laughs) like brave courage. Those were all the things that I was thinking of. And so my first thought is like, This letter writer is probably, if you've already been shamed from someone else, then you probably need to cut that person out of their life. And they're probably a liar because marriage is hard. And anyone who says that it's easy is a liar. And second piece to that is, I forgot what I was going to say, but I thought that that was really good. But, um, (laughs) i'm like (laughs) i'm a hot mess express but oh it's relatable as hell like people people can relate to you being open and vulnerable and i think Mm -hmm. she's probably shaming herself and just assuming that other people are going to shame her too but if you've actually like if someone actually has shamed you then you need to cut them out of your life and set some firm boundaries but i also heard what was going on from this letter is like she's processing the grief of like the loss of her marriage and then she's also kind of having that pressure of like a timeline between her and her friends. And I think I can relate to that piece of it because almost like when you go through a loss like that or a loss of any kind and you're grieving and you see everybody else getting what you had hoped for and what you were grieving, in my case right now, it's a baby. And so every time I see a baby announcement, a fucking baby clothes, someone that's pregnant, like that's a trigger for me. And so all of these things that your friends are doing that are the most exciting thing in their lives is serving as a trigger for you. And someone told me this and it was a really good reframe for me to have, because I was thinking like the universe is punishing me. Like they're putting all of these triggers in front of me. And someone told me like, what if instead you think of it as like, those are insights into the potential of your future. And when I, now, when I see baby clothes or a baby announcement, or I'm invited to a baby shower, I'm like, this is going to be me one day instead of like, this is not me and this fucking sucks. And so I just think that, having the awareness of like all of these things, like your friends getting married and everybody having weddings and you having to go to the wedding and stand in the wedding, like that's going to be triggering as fuck to you. But if you reframe it in a way that it can bring you some inspiration or some hope, I think that that is, is helpful.
0: Yeah, I agree. Christina, you said something and I think you like hit the nail on the frickin' head. Um, and I, I have to, to talk about it because I, I honestly hadn't thought about it until you brought it up. And now I'm like, ding, ding, ding. This is, this is it. This is it. This is going to solve it. So Christina said, you know, it, it's harder when there's not some big story when there's not, he cheated or he left me for someone else or something traumatic happened. And so you can imagine why we split up. Like there's nothing to blame it on. And mm. so I think that she's left blaming herself and that's mm. where the shame is coming from. It's like, we just fought and then we realized we didn't marry the right people and that's on me and I'm a bad decision maker and I'm horrible. So much internal shame. And I think you just need to freaking own it. And when I say that, I mean, you say, yeah, I realized I made the wrong decision and it wasn't too late to write that decision. Like Boom. That's a completely different narrative than I bungled up my life. I fucked up. I'm, I have the scarlet letter on my chest now and I am damaged goods and I'm never gonna be good enough. It's like, whoa, sure, that's one way to look at it. But you could also say, okay, yeah, there's nothing to point to. There's nothing to blame it on, which sucks. It's a lot easier if you can point to something and be like, that's why, which is why externalizing the problem is so incredibly effective in so many situations. But instead of externalizing it, I'm gonna say, own it, And say, yeah, I made the wrong decision, but I'm doing something about it now. And I was brave enough and strong enough to take the next step. Because if you can use that forward momentum in your life, just know that every shitty situation you get yourself in, you're also going to be able to get yourself out of it. And we all end up in shitty situations. (laughs) Exhibit A, this podcast, like yikes. I mean, we end up in crazy situations on a week by week basis. Um, But the point is, is can you get out of it? Can you move forward? And the cool part is that I'm seeing that you already did. And you did it in your twenties, which is fucking hard because most people get divorced in their thirties, forties, fifties, sixties, you name it. Like, and then it tapers off, right? Because who's going to get divorced in their 70s? That sounds like a lot of work. Um, but, you know, the 20-something divorcee club, there's there's not a lot of you, right? Christina, I'm sure it felt really isolating. Yep.
2: Amen. Not a lot at all. And yeah, I just... I mean, I agree with you. I think that it is. It's like now she's blaming herself because there's nothing else to blame. That's exactly what happens in that situation. And it's not fun, but I think you're right as far as just almost admitting it to yourself. Like instead of avoiding that feeling, just be like, okay, yeah, I fucked up. You know, what else is new that happens in life? You roll with it and then you move on, you know? And I think with that too, it, you are going to get some people who maybe think negatively of it, but then you also will get those really great supportive friends who will be like, wow, that's amazing. Like you're being so brave right now. I'm so glad you're finally going after what you want. And that's why I think it's very important during this time too, to surround yourself with the right people mm. and to also surround yourself with people who are more at your stage too. Like if it's triggering for you to go to a million weddings, I get that right now, you can still go, but then still hang out with some of your single friends too. go to places where single people are know that you don't always have to be, you know, the fifth wheel to your, your couple friends, you can kind of create a new life for yourself. And it's also a very exciting time, because now you get to finally focus on you and figure out what is it that you truly like to do? Like, how do you wanna spend your time? So it could be a very exciting time too, even though it is hard and it is a grieving process. And that's something that I think some people don't get too is even if it wasn't, you know, a terrible divorce, like there is still a grieving process that Mm -hmm. occurs. And even with family, like how she mentioned, mentioned, You know, how do I handle my family now and people who threw this big wedding for me? I think it's important for her to know, too, that sometimes there's a grieving process for family and and friends, too, and not in a bad way. But sometimes they just don't know what to say in that moment because they're actually hurting, too. So it's okay. And what I would say is that it will pass. Time literally will heal that. It's just because that initial stage might be of shock to them. They might and they might be hurting for you. So just know that they will eventually understand and give them a little bit of time and you, you can find your happy ending after the fact. Mm-hmm. And, um, as you guys know, I, I actually recently did. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's,
0: that's, that's.
2: yeah so I, I got married again and I, I just got married July 2nd, actually. So we just got back from our honeymoon from Vegas and my husband couldn't be any more, perfect for me and I would have never had that opportunity to find someone who I can have so much fun with on a daily basis someone who really gets me if I wasn't brave enough to make that decision when I did and I I just I couldn't imagine my life now if, if I hadn't met my husband so it's there, you know, there can be a happy ending to that story. And you don't have to think just because you're divorced, that means you can never have another relationship or be in a marriage again. Like, no, especially at, you know, in your twenties, that's the benefit is that you still kind of have your whole life ahead of you. you still can have it and screw the normal timeline. I mean, everybody messes that up anyways. So yeah, it, it doesn't really matter. <laughs>
1: I am so curious, like Christina, because you're so open and vulnerable, and I like so appreciate the hell out of that. Like, what would you say was the hardest part of going through the divorce process? Because I'm sure, you know, since you've already navigated that and you're a warrior and you, you know, survived that, like, what would be your biggest, like, heads up to this person navigating?
2: I think just the beginning, carrying on daily life, you know, like figuring out how your life looks without that person. But honestly, the hardest part of the whole divorce in in general, like she's already been through it. If she's divorced, the hardest part is making that decision. Like Mm -hmm. that really is, that is the absolute hardest part because once you make that decision, then you can move forward. It's when Mm -hmm. you're in that period of, are we going to continue to see if we can work this out or, um, is this just not right? And then you're, you're kind of toying back and forth. That was the most stressful period of my life. Once I actually, we, we, you know, came to this conclusion that just, this just wasn't going to work. It became easier in a way. So I personally, I think that she's actually already been through the absolute hardest part in this scenario. And that is just making the call.
0: Good news. That's really freaking good news. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, I love being able to tell anyone who writes in, like, actually, the worst part's already over. Uh, mm-hmm. The next part's still gonna suck, but it's not gonna be that bad. And on that note, I mean, my two thoughts about how to make this next part not suck is is twofold. And Christina already brought this up, but like, making sure you surround yourself with people who are supportive. But I also in- encourage you to hang out with people, even virtually, who get it, not are just supportive, not just are there for you, but like, what about other women who are divorced in their 20s? Like, there's no way there's not a Reddit forum on that, that you can join. I'm obsessed with Reddit. Reddit is like, everything It's amazing. But like, you know, Elise was talking about, are you in these, you know, IVF Facebook groups or are you in this? It's like, there is a support group for everything as an, even as niche as you think this is, it's probably not. It might be nice for you. To be within the company of other women who've been through what you're going through right now, because then it won't feel as isolating and as alone. So that's the first thing that I think will help normalize this for you and not make you feel like you're an alien or a leaper, as Elise would say. (laughs) The second thing I would say is for the love of god please don't rush into the next thing because if you Mm. go into this and you're just like the goal is to get married the goal is to get married we actually talked about this on the last podcast it ain't gonna work out so instead take this as a time of you know innovation and growth and exploration and as christina said like Get to know yourself, put your needs first. I mean, anyone who's been married knows that again, there's there's two of you and sometimes one of you is more opinionated than the other one. I, I'm not projecting right now at all, <laughs> but I'm serious, it's tough to manage sometimes. And so you just got an out. Woo, can you, you know, like you, are, we're given this opportunity to not be in this sinking marriage for the rest of your life. So my advice is to take advantage of that and give yourself time to air out. Like, like actually, like go out and explore, go travel, go do something, get out of your daily routine, your daily funk and go live again before you even think about dipping your toe back into the dating scene. Because I'm telling you, if you're ashamed to say you have an ex-husband to a potential date, then you're probably not ready to be
2: on that date.
1: Mm, <laughs> Mike drop. That was some good shit. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Completely. And I, I so agree with you that you're not ready then at that point, because you want to get to a point where you're almost proud that you went through a divorce and that's how you feel about it. So that way, when you're talking about it with the person that you're dating, it's like, you're almost judging to see their reaction, to see what kind of person they are versus like stuck in your own shit. Like you're more like, Hmm, how are they going to take this? And then I know if I'm going to move forward, like it's a way you could actually weed some people out, because Mm -hmm. if you're saying that and someone's going to react like, Ooh, and and they're going to be, you could just tell they're, they're almost shaming you in in their minds for it before you even start explaining it. That's probably not the person you want to be with. But if someone's like, that's, interesting. Tell me more what happened. And they're listening, listening to you compassionately. And they are like, wow, like they might even say something like that was really brave of you. Or like, I'm so proud that like you didn't stay in a situation that wasn't making you happy. So I think you really have to be very secure in how you feel with it yourself. Because otherwise you can end up in an unhealthy relationship or Something that is just really a rebound versus consciously choosing your next partner.
0: Yeah, or a pattern. I mean, mm. patterns happen because you keep doing the same shit over and over again. And actually, it's interesting because a lot of times with the divorce rates, they're saying it's the same people who <laughs> divorced over and over again, which I don't know. I always laugh at that. I think it's really funny. But you know that, like, I mean, I definitely can think of people who, which by the way, that's on them. That's fine. If some people want to think of marriage as a tax break for a five-year period in their life, I don't really have a problem with that. I don't give a shit how other people view marriage. You know what I mean? I just, I know how I view it and that's all that matters, right? It doesn't matter how other people do it. But the point is, is that there are clearly people out there who don't break their cycles and you can see what happens when they do that. And so it's up to you to break this pattern and to say, because it's not a pattern yet. It's not even close. This is just one mm-hmm. time. Okay? It's not a pattern. We're not, we're not there, but it's up to you to make sure it doesn't become one. Um, and that's gonna, that's self-exploration highlighted, underlined, like that's all this is, which frankly, I think Christina, you mentioned this earlier, can be like super fun, like really, mm-hmm. exciting, really awesome, like a very enjoyable period of your life. So in a way I'm excited for you too.
2: Right. Me too. And you, I mean, Hey, I, I love my, my husband now too, but you know, like once you're married, you're married, you don't, you're married then, you know, for life. So you're only going to have that period of singlehood for a little bit. So, you know, enjoy sprawling out on the bed and, and, eating whatever you want for dinner. And I remember that's what my best friend told me at first when I was going through that. She's like, you know, Christina, you could bring those snacks to be in bed, have crumbs all over the place. No one's going to care, right? I mean, it's stupid little shit like that that you don't think about. So take advantage of this time that you have because you have the rest of your life. To be with someone It's so
0: true There's an episode On sex in the city Yes I'm basic And I don't care And it's called Like single people behavior And like Charlotte Likes to stare at her pores And like like, Put like weird Stuff on her hands And then put on Like those oven mitts And watch like bad TV It's just like It's one of my favorite episodes I don't even know What happens other than that Because oh I think like Charlotte's mad at her husband Or something And she's like Fuck it I'm gonna start acting Like I'm single But I was like Yes single girl behavior Is like the core Quirkiest, most fun shit ever, and it's like we all know the weird stuff we used to do when we were alone, and no one was judging us, and no one was watching us. And when Andrew goes out of town, you know that I'm like, hell yeah, I will blast some Britney Spears while I'm getting ready to go nowhere, <laughs> and then I'm gonna order something that's definitely bad for me. It's super gross, and I will deny that I ever ate it until the day. Of- But I did (laughs) because no one's there. And like, this is your everyday life. Like that's badass. I'm slightly jealous.
1: I love that. I think that's so important because it is what you make it, right? And I think what Christina alluded to is like you always you get to a place the last stage of grief is acceptance. And that doesn't necessarily mean like I'm so happy that that happened to me, but being able to say like I learned from that and I grew from that and I'm so grateful for the place that I'm in now because and I that I wouldn't have been here if I didn't go through that. I think that just puts it all into perspective, you know? And I think that this letter writer should watch um, some Brene Brown Ted talks about like shame and vulnerability. Like she would be like, she's the best resource for this letter writer right now because she'll reframe that shit real quick.
0: Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And I, I think like once you can get to that acceptance phase of what happened. And like Elise said, you don't ever have to be like, whoa, divorce is the best. Everyone should do it. I'm so happy that I did it. It's like, okay, that's not the goal. That's fine. But, you know, as we can see with Christina, um, I mean, human beings, we are limited. And with monogamy, there is an actual limitation to it. Meaning if you are with someone else, that means you can't be with another person. That like, that's how this goes. And so, she is now married to someone that she would not get to be married to if she hadn't gotten divorced. And I know that's like obvious. It's like, yes, thank you for stating reality, Callie. But what I'm saying is that is what you can get excited about mm-hmm. is that you now have opportunity. You now have potential um, and you didn't have that before. It was over. That was done. Like you had chosen that person. That slot was filled. There was, I mean, unless you wanted to go poly, which, hey, more power to you. But I don't think that was what was going to happen, right? That wasn't really on the table, is what I'm getting at. So now you have an opportunity to open your life up to someone else, mm-hmm. and you don't know who they are yet. And that's mm-hmm. exciting.
1: Yeah. You can, I like the word hope popped up in my mind while you were talking. And I want you to, I forget what the Ted Lasso thing on hope is. It's not the hope that kills you. Yeah. Like where there's hope there's opportunity. And if you, if you're in the trenches of depression and grief and it is fucking hard and you cannot see that there's purpose and meaning in this season of life, if you still in some random moments have hope that there's still someone out there that's perfect for you, that's going to be your best friend and your life partner forever, then like cling on to that fucking hope for dear life, because that's going to be the boat that carries you through the ups and downs of this journey.
0: Totally. And you can have hope without action. Sorry. Yeah. that and what I mean by that is just because you have hope doesn't mean you have to start dating tomorrow okay yes you can hope that they're out there while still focusing on yourself you can have both of those things at the same time
2: amen yeah <laughs> exactly and one other thing I heard too with hope before was like hold on pain ends and that always just sticks with me
0: mm-hmm. too
2: and I'm like that's that's so true though it does it it ends. And with the life, it does come and go, like it's reoccurring. It's not just a one-time shot. Like you will feel great one day and then you will feel like pure shit the next day. And that's okay. I think it's just accepting too, for a period of time, you're not going to feel like your best self and that's okay. You're not supposed to right now, but you will at some point.
1: Yeah. I feel like that's a theme that has come up a lot with my clients lately, weirdly that you just said that, like, it's almost like hard for People to wrap their head around, like life isn't supposed to be great all the time. Like you're, it's actually super normal. And I learned this, you know, now that I'm an adult, you know. But like, like life isn't easy. Like life is hard, and it's not normal to be fucking happy and joyous and grateful and in the best mood all the time. Like the reason it feels that way is because not everybody normalizes it that and is relatable with it. But like, when you have a crew. Like we do, where we talk about all of the shit that's (laughs) all of the shit, all of the shit. It like it's it normalizes it, but a lot of people don't have that. So I think that that's where I mean, I think even this letter writer, if they want to like come and work with you, Christina, like, that's the great thing about being a life coach is because my clients know wholeheartedly that I am a hot mess and that I am going to be open with the hard things that are going on in my life because that normalizes the hard things that are going on in their lives, you know? And I think that that's just relatability is key here.
0: Yeah, I agree. I really agree. Okay, guys, do we have, I feel like we're, we're reaching final thought land. Mm-hmm. Um, Elise, I'm not going to come to you because you I, really ha- don't like it. I have my, my <laughs> middle <laughs> finger that's Elise has a damaged middle finger giving me the bird. Okay. She hates it when I do final thoughts, but you know what? Sometimes we have a thought that we need to get out before the podcast is over. I am being courteous. Of-
1: that's like, this is, I feel like when you say final thoughts, it's like you, like you didn't read what you're going to be talking about in class. And then the teacher's like, Elise, like what was what did what was your biggest takeaway? And I'm like,
0: "Oh, what do I do <laughs> for you? Oh my god, I only do it so that this podcast doesn't last 3 hours." Okay, I will find a way to reframe it, but probably not. You're probably just going to be triggered at the end of every podcast. Okay, Christina, I want to hear kind of your remaining you Your <laughs> I don't know. How, whatever, Christina, what are you thinking? Okay,
2: it's okay. I'm I'm okay with final final thoughts. That's that's fine. We could do that. Um, yeah. One thing I just want to mention is that you know before I found my husband Richie, now something an exercise that I did that I think is is a fun one and it actually it really worked for me is basically just like jotting down all of the qualities and characteristics that I really wanted in the person and and actually in the relationship that I wanted next, and I wrote that down, and I looked at that, and I, and then I forgot about it, you know, it's like, and then I put it away, and then Richie came along, and he, he matched all of those and, and more, but I really set that intention for what am, in my next relationship, like, what is it that I want, and I think that's so important to do, so that way, you can tell yourself, you can tell the universe, you can put it out there that this is, this is what I want, and it gives you that sense of hope, too. I have final thoughts. <laughs> I do. Yeah. Thank you
1: for Christine. Christina just inspired my final thoughts. Um, and now it's gone. What's no, it's wrong?
0: here. It's here. It's here. She jotted down all the amazing things that she wanted. Oh, to okay. Okay.
1: Okay. Yes. It's here. Yes. It's here. Thank you. Um, I don't know what's wrong with me, but, um, you have more clarity for what you want in your life after you've gone through and had experiences like you have. Like now, you know, I mean, it took literally two horrible relationships for me to, when I met Carl's like, is this what you can provide? Is this who you are? Okay. Then yes, I'm, I'm down to go there because it gives you that clarity to really be certain and sure and have boundaries and protect your space because you know exactly what you want and what you don't want.
0: Yeah. I, I love that. If you're going to, you already know how tough it is and how hard it can be. So if you're going to do it again, you're going to do it right. Hmm. I I do love that. Um, My last thought is strange, but I have to bring it up just in case. I didn't necessarily get a ton of this from this letter, but I I know that I've gotten caught in this trap before. So I wanted to bring it up. Just because you're grieving something doesn't mean it was the wrong thing to do, meaning Mm -hmm. grieve the marriage. You can grieve the loss of your, you know, being married to your husband, your ex husband. You can grieve the loss of that friendship of all of the good things that that marriage had, because there were good things. There is no way it was all bad. There's, there had to have been good things. You can grieve those things. Mm. And that doesn't mean that it was the wrong decision. I want you to embrace the fact that you took care of yourself. You did what was best for you. You know, you were intentional about this and decided I want a different life for myself, but you can still be sad that your old life is over. That's okay. Mm.
1: That was really powerful. That hit that hit home for me.
0: Well, I do that sometimes. If I'm sad about something, I'll be like, well, maybe I made the wrong decision. And it's like, well, shut up. Nope. You made the right call. You can just be sad. Like feelings yeah. don't necessarily mean mm-hmm. that the decision was right or wrong. Feelings are just feelings.
2: Ooh. Yeah. You have a nail on the head with that because you you can't even like count the number of times that I felt that when I was going through that. And then I had to have that kind of realization as well of like, wait, I can be sad. Like, duh. Like, how am I not going to be sad? We were together for how many years? Like, that's okay. Doesn't mean that it means I should be with him. It just means that shit, it was a long relationship. We were married. I'm going to be sad. Mm, yeah. That's okay. So, yeah. And
0: if you're not sad, I think the sadness will haunt you for a long time. Like, I think it's really important to get your feelings out, ideally in a timely manner, meaning take the next year, two years, three years, I don't know how long you need um, to be sad, but also simultaneously be proud of the steps that you took to get out of something that wasn't all bad, right? But that's that's not what we're aiming for here, guys. We're not aiming for it's not bad. It's not all bad. We're aiming for hell, yeah. We're aiming for fuck, yeah. Okay? That's what we're aiming for. Like, I am proud of this marriage. I wouldn't trade it for anything else. I'm in love. He's the best. She's the best. Like, come on, guys. That's what we're that's what we're shooting for. Um mm-hmm. So it's okay, more than okay, to mourn something um, that had some good parts to it. In fact, I encourage you to, because you really don't want to carry that into your next phase of life, wherever that might be.
1: Well, that shit comes back up. If you're not ready to process in the moment, that's fine. That, but that shit just takes a time out and that shit comes back and resurfaces and it's there. So like uh-huh.
0: you're going to process at some point. Yep. Just you do now. you know. Otherwise it's going to boomerang back and hit you in the face when you least expect it. So Mm. don't, don't do that. Do it now. Um, how fun was this? I mean, fun's not the right word. I'm sorry. I don't want to do fun. This was a sad letter. Sorry. It wasn't fun, but it was, but it was still kind of fun. It was was still still kind of fun. It was still kind of fun. It was still fun. Okay. Um, so listeners, little blush listeners, if you would like to work with Christina, she's a coach. On blush like you could legit sign up and have Christina as your coach how freaking cool is that I would do it so use promo code blush you all caps uh, for 25 percent off your first month with Christina or another blush coach and remember Christina is also a career extraordinaire so this is not her only skill set she's a very talented lady uh and then you could also write in with your story to blush you at joinblush.com and like, tell us the 411, what's the scoop? What are you going through? What do you need help with? How can we assist you living your best life? Step one is awareness as we already learned with a book coming shortly. <laughs> yes, and
1: Christina, you're going to be back on this podcast because it was a joy to
2: have you. Oh, yay. Well, I would love to be back.
0: It truly was. It was so much fun. So um, I hope you guys really enjoyed this. We will be back soon. And we will see you then. Bye. Bye. Bye.